0: Today's episode of the Warriors All-82 Podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business. Finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. All in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide. Seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to the uh All-Star Break edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Marcus Thompson, the All-Star Break is here. 55 games. The Warriors are 12 and 43. You're in Phoenix to watch two lottery bound teams play out the string before the break. Uh do you have a good time tonight? Warriors lost to the Suns. I was here to watch an All-Star fly his craft, you know. Devin Booker? Devin Booker. Wow. Did he Is he officially the uh cuz I saw who is it, Lillard pulled out is he officially going to be the replacement I don't think
1: it's official. He got a uh he got an endorsement from Lillard. Oh. You know Lillard said uh he thinks Booker should should get the get the
0: nod. I agree. Yeah, you know. It's, Unless you could give it to Bradley Beal, because I, I would say Bradley Beal is more of an that, all-star, yeah. but I don't think
1: they can do it. I was wondering about that because of the, the conference stuff, right? It's got It's kind of got to be a West guy. That's
0: why D'Angelo Russell got in a couple years ago, remember? Oladipo went out, and they couldn't go from the West. Sorry, so.
1: D'Angelo Russell got in because he
0: was a dominant guard. In I'm not, the, not trying so to—unlike uh, like, other parts of the fan base, potentially the franchise, I'm not trying to— I'll just, diminish I'll just, the end just
1: ends. Play it, it. Uh, was nah. good
0: tonight in a in a, a wolf's loft there's a
1: uh, this was an interesting game um first off Marquis Chris
0: like who is this guy the he's, guy we've seen the last two weeks is like a force a eighteen and twelve two block shots play him thirty minutes you have your center of the future and he's an age where you could say that right he's still only twenty three now we have past examples of him you know not being that, so we can't yet call him that. but he has he seems to have elevated a next step since the colley Stein trade. No question.
1: Like the minutes, the belief from the team, I'm sure the, the guaranteed for the rest of the season, all that seems to put him in a comfort zone where he's just going for it. man, he's going for balls. He's going up ferociously. He's trying to block everything that, that's in his vicinity. He's not just trying to block it, he's trying to kill it. I, I thought he I thought he was putting a little bit of extra sauce tonight against his former team that drafted him and, and gave up on him. See, like a couple of those, he was windmilling in the air trying to swat him, but but he he just shows you like they've always talked about bigs playing with energy and running the floor and playing hard and rebounding. Like they just want to see that energy. If he I don't know if he can bottle this up and use it like in a different setting where he's not going to get all these touches and you know what i'm saying but man if he
0: can but you know he's it's not like he's getting touches like hey let's dump it down to marquise yeah, chris yeah. you know nine times it's it's all on stuff he could get with maybe even more with Stephen clay out there as far as the spacing and and you mentioned that were like ferociousness like just he's just going up strong and you know what he's six foot nine so you don't typically thick you know he was kind of a four five combo a little too undersized for a five I think he's gotten a lot thicker and like you just like he's just he's big out there he looks like a legitimate center like that is a five out there yeah he
1: especially with the way the Warriors play and the way the league is going he can run the floor uh if you the one thing you would say is if hey like if they're playing eight in the night like a bigger body will have a, you know post them up, but if you're the warriors, you kind of hope somebody's posted you up right like <laughs> that's kind of what you want so I, I think he's he's a he's turned out to be probably the biggest surprise of this season, you know, like when you start measuring who's come alive, I know eric pascal was
0: was a big surprise as a pick, but he hasn't been he hasn't
1: been like he was at first,
0: no at this point, I would say. I think we both would predict that Marquise Chris will be a more important part of the rotation next year. I think him or and Pascal will both be in it, but I think Chris will probably start at center, especially with like Looney's very unknown future health wise.
1: Yeah, I I, I want to see who they go and get. All right, I mean they could draft Wiseman and then you know if he's a monster. I mean that's a long shot, right? You're probably right that this is more far more likely that Marquise Chris would be the center. Yeah, and even if they go free agency wise. And that's the thing, like if Chris is playing like this, and you know you have that at least, right? You can you don't have to you don't have to spend the the top dollar on the center or your most money on the center. No, you
0: can go vet minimum yeah. on a center, you know, like a you know, I don't know if Javel would come back,
1: but um With that ilk, right? Somebody yeah. of that
0: level. And then you use the taxpayer mid level plus I mean, the big thing is, like, whatever they can get with the trade exception. There are some, you know, Jonas Valashunas, for example, is out there that could, like, fit into that. But, yeah, suddenly you, you want to use that on wings. Wings, wings, wings. That's what they need. Yeah, they they need a few of those. They need a difference maker,
1: period. Like, they just need somebody who can come in and play. I've i I'm been scouring trying to figure out, like, who's worth it? Who's worth $17 million that's available? Like, you know.
0: Thaddeus Young is a name I like. Um, If you want, like, a score, like a Jeremy Lamb. Again, like, this all depends on the other team being willing to trade right. these pieces. You know, you could say Josh Richardson I think would be a perfect type player. But Philly is probably, you know, unless it really blows up there and they really got to try to revamp it, Philly's not going to give you Josh Richardson, right? So, uh, J.J. Redick is a name, I, you know, I think the Warriors would love to have. But if the Pelicans want his veteran presence around next season – um. You know, you're not going to be able to get that. So, there are names, but who will be available is the question. Yeah, that's
1: that's the part we don't know. Uh, and, you know, whoever is available could end up – some of these guys who kind of got this free reign and get all these minutes, you know, they might find themselves, like, deep in, in the rotation, you know. Damian Lee might, you know, he probably he started tonight. He probably won't be – we know he won't be a starter. And where will Eric Pasco be? That's the thing I have – that's the concern I have about Eric Pasco. Like, right now – He's like a scorer, like, go get you some money, go get you some buckets, right? That's what he does. That's not his role. Like, Marquise Chris is playing the role he's going to play. Yeah. Eric Pasco is not. He's playing a role for a team whose starters are injured and out, right? So I wonder what his role is going to be, how he's going to maximize it. And you kind of – there should be a little bit of worry that, in his sake, like, they, they could find a player. If you get at that is young, how much are you playing? Eric Pasco,
0: Which I think is fine because it, to me where Eric Pascal's season uh, and like future prospects took a dip was when they really – they gave him a, a pretty extended experiment of the small forward position at the three, We're starting him there for, for a chunk of time. and It just kind of didn't work. He was a little clunky as like a, a, a natural small forward. He's clearly a, a small ball four. Um, and that's kind of occupied on this – roster right now with Draymond Green and if you look at like the splits he's much more productive when Draymond Green's off the floor he kind of needs the spacing around him a little bit Draymond does it very differently than Pascal but um, I just think moving forward and that's fine to get this at the 41st overall pick where they got him but he's just kind of going to play the non-Draymond Green minutes just pure Draymond Green backup next season you know if Draymond is a 36 minute per night guy 34 minute per night guy on most nights he's just going to get those extra Whatever that would be, 14 minutes. And, you know, you got to remember, Draymond Green, who is about to turn 30, will probably sit a good chunk of games next year. Um, so, you know, it's good to just have the guy that plays every non Draymond Green minute. Can, can Pasco be like that second unit scorer type? Like, you know,
1: when they go to the bench for that, you know, second starter, second starter, fourth quarter, as Kerr likes to do, can he be like a primary offensive guy? in that setting for that stretch of, of minutes
0: well it'll be interesting if you start to kind of like take a broader look at the roster well who would be on the floor with him probably clay thompson which would be good you know he has not put remember with pascal we, we talked about how much he will thrive with space around him where he can just bully ball attack when the defense is spread out i mean if it's either steph or clay probably not both on the floor at the same time but one of them that will create some lanes wiggins might be in that second unit He's, you know, he's not the ideal spacer, but he hits open threes. I mean, we've seen it in these few games. I think he went three or four tonight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think he's the primary throw it to him all the time go. But, you know, on a random night, he'll, he'll have 12 to 14 off the bench in, a, in an important time of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I do like his ability. And, you know, he's explosive, man. When he gets the ball around the rim. He goes up similar to, to Chris, where he's like he's going up strong. He's going for the dunk. He got stripped like three times tonight, right? Like trying to drive through traffic, well, and it's a little sloppy. It's a little
0: overly muscular at times, but uh, <laughs> overly muscular. You know what like I mean? That. It's like, rah, rah. like it's that. like kind of like in a Chinese shop, Yeah, child, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean he's had big games, and you know I don't. Know. By the way, did you know Jerry Parker was thirty-three. Yeah, I did. Jeez, I don't know. He's <laughs> I he know essentially. They brought him in because it's like, I mean, think about their second unit. You got Smiley Geach out there. You got uh, Toscanos out there. Uh, Damian Lee's out there. I mean, like, G League guys that Pargo has been their point guard. Yeah. So they basically just brought up the Santa Cruz point guard to, like, ease what is basically the second unit is the Santa Cruz unit. And it's not playing well right now.
1: No, it was <laughs> uh, it was rough. Uh, you know, they would bring the starters back yeah. in and kind of fight back and get back in the game, get close enough. That second unit is, whew, I, I You know... Well, I, I have a personal bias for Juan Toscano-Anderson because he's from Oakland, and I like how he. I like how he defends. I like how he uses his size. He knows how to smother a guy. He knows how to be physical. But just on the other end, like he he has to have the shot created for
0: him. You know, that's the whole second unit, really, right? So. Yeah. It's you got a little like Alfonso McKinney. Like, Remember, Alfonso McKinney was really good in the role when he was around all the stars. And then suddenly in camp, it was like there's a reason they cut McKinney. Because it was like you don't fit on a roster where they need bucket yeah. creation. So you're saying Juan will be on next year's squad? He had, he signed, I believe, a three-year deal. Now, it's not guaranteed He will go to summer league with them. He will be in training camp next year. He has to win his spot. And we will know a lot more once we know what they get this summer. It's not impossible to think he can be on the roster next year in an Alphonso McKinney type role, uh, but I would still say it's kind of a long shot. Yeah, I hope so. Get him out there. Let, let the town represent
1: one time, East Oakland. They are, they, they, yeah, they the, are. the last thirty games. Is it, uh, <laughs> do you, what do you when you you know Steph is here, right? He's in the locker room. When do you, when do you think he's coming back? Steve talked about today. When they would,
0: you know, when they would like give another update? Yeah, uh, which February twenty eighth. Now they're saying. Uh, My guess is is March first. We, you know, like obviously you reported that's been his target date. It's a home game. It's against the worst defense in basketball, the Wizards. Which you know, it's a good time to come back. It's kind of like the round number to come back from. You got to remember. I think he got a surgery on. Would have been December first, exactly. So it's just like oh, four months. It's on the safe side of that timetable. Um, That's my guess. He's out there uh, after shoot-around today. Not only is he doing his shooting routine, but before he's taking shots, him and, like, three coaches are running these, like, full laps around the court three times to really tire him out. Like, they're starting to do more stuff that's like, all right, get ready to play. Get ready to get on a five-on-five scrimmage. And we're sitting here. You know, he's been doing these shooting routines since early January. I remember January 9th was the first time we saw them. Um and now it's, you know, February 12th, and he's, March 1st is still my guess. Is that still yours?
1: I mean, yeah, I haven't heard anything yeah. else outside of that. I mean, obviously, it could be a day after, a day before, whatever. Maybe he's like, I want to come back for the Lakers or the 27th. Give me against LeBron. They might be like, yeah, no, chill. We don't want that to be your first game, but, yeah, I think, it, you know, it's a ballpark. It's a target date. Who knows whether he'll hit it, but it's just interesting seeing him here. He's... Clearly trying to get in that mindset. Yeah, he went know. on the East
0: Coast trip. East Coast trip, which I was a little surprised by. Um, this is more surprising to me. It's like a one gamer right before the All Star break. He did Portland. He's been doing this lately. He did an LA one gamer. I guess it was LA Memphis, and he went to Memphis too. Um, so what, we, you don't want to know be, what's. You want to know what is more surprising to me? Clay Thompson has just I was not just been about around. To
1: say that. I was like, so that means Clay's not.
0: I think they're going to want him to start being around after the All Star break. My guess is, and this is not this is speculation, not I'm not reporting it. I think they've they've told him, like, hey, you know, like do your thing, do your thing. But you know, the All Star break, they're going to give an official update on him next Tuesday. That to me is more like you know Steph's in his crank up mode now. I think the start of Clay Thompson's crank up mode will probably be after the break, not necessarily to play, but like you know, hey, be around the team. You get you're going to be on the court more. You're going to be doing more type stuff. Yeah, that's that would make sense.
1: And, you know, I, I can imagine Clay saying, "Well, I'm not going to show up until I have to," on the road anyway. He, you know, he, he comes to the home games, but
0: and they got a four game homestand out of the break, so that'll be good for him. It's I, I don't know. This is interesting, right? Like,
1: it's taken Steph a long time. They're being super cautious with him. Now they're about getting him in shape to get back. And if they have to do that again for Clay. It's like at what point does it become meaningless, right? What are there, was there now 27 games left?
0: Right. Yeah, um, I think with Steph, like you really, like they're planning on getting a chunk of games. I don't, you know, Clay probably, I would say it's still over 50% chance he doesn't play a minute this season. But you want to lead him into the summer in a good physical state. He's probably going to be a Team USA basketball camp. Now, it sounds like trying to make the team, you know, I don't know if it's smart for him to play in the Olympics as his first competitive basketball post ACL. Um, but I don't know if they'll do that. Do you think the Warriors will let him? He's on the yeah, he's team. On the list, roster. but you know, Clay seems to be to a point where he's like, I'm gonna do what Clay Thompson wants to do. Clearly, I mean, like, trust me, if Clay Thompson wanted to be on this road trip, they the, the trip. coaches would be happy yeah. to have him. Like, they would prefer he was around a little bit more than he has been. Now, he's been such a durable force for them, you know, pretty much 82 games every season, 100 games if you count the playoffs, that they can't. They're letting him have this kind of vacation season. But it's clear Clay Thompson is beginning to view himself as a superstar of, I'm going to do what Clay Thompson wants to do. You know, and uh, the, the contract
1: starts, right? To kick in the big one. It's kicked in no, now. It this year or no, it's next year? Oh, so he, what, he's got three more years after this? No, because he's signed the full five.
0: No, it didn't. Yeah, he signed the five. He signed the full five.
1: So he, no, that's right. He was a free agent. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's a free agent. So, okay. he, so it'll be four after this. He signed the full five. So, yeah, he's good. He doesn't have. He did not have to worry about it. He's good. He he yeah. got the full five.
0: <laughs> yeah, Clay's year, chilling. Year one. Year one of uh-huh. five. Yeah, Clay's chilling. Um, Andrew Wiggins. You know, we, we've gone fifteen minutes um, without really talking about him. Uh, that'll be the last subject I kind of want to talk about. But three games. Very small sample size in the NBA, but this is as good as it possibly could have started for them he- leading into the break. Um, he was really good in his opener. He kind of floated around a little bit in game two, but had that 15-point third quarter. And then tonight, I don't know if you saw his stat line, 27 points, 9-14 shooting. That's super efficient. Everything within the flow. Uh, f- you know, I think he had five assists, four rebounds, which is kind of what you want him at average-wise. Uh, and then yeah, he had... Four is good because he had four of the first 65 yeah. minutes. Uh, and then... Two steals, including one, just using that length and just tipping passes, and four blocks—career high four blocks tonight. That for strip, like when coming down the lane, it ended up being Phoenix ball, but that's one of
1: those where you know they you re- saved re- over, t- t- over t- it. Yeah, yeah. He, he stopped. He stopped the bucket. Probably could have got you know off his leg or something like that. But it was, it was a very timely reach. It was like, yo, you've got some, you've got some acumen yeah. that maybe you haven't utilized, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, where, where is this? There's some potential there. He's clearly playing. Like, he's playing like he knows what the rap is on him. He right. defended Booker yes. well. He's playing like he knows what the rap is on him. He knows what people are saying. And he is, like, answering the bell. Like, that's – you're right. It can't, it can't go better than that. Like, again, obviously this is in the season that is pretty irrelevant. And the real test will be when the games matter more. But there's no – there's the All only, we have to judge yeah, is they, what we they, see. This is all we got. And we see a guy who – Gives effort on defense, who de- who definitely has some athletic ability, and he knows how to use it, you know, especially in spots. He's, he's just good in transition. Like, can we just say that? Like, on both ends, he seems good in transition. After watching the Warriors for 50-plus games, transition was like a crapshoot, right? You didn't know what you were going to get. Andrew Wiggins is, is good in transition, which is not breaking news, but when you see it, it's like, oh, okay, he knows what to do in the open court on both ends of the court.
0: That was an easy 27 he got, too. Yeah, tonight. I
1: looked up and he had 22. I was like, really? I thought Jeremy Pargo had all the
0: points. He gets to the line. I think he yeah. uses his body going to the rim a bit more than, than I would have uh, thought, you know, watching the Wolves on more of a fringe level. Um, the Just the only unsustainable thing I see is, like, the fact that he had a five-steal game, which he hasn't done in years, and then the career-high four blocks tonight, like, look the like if you just watch the player you're like yeah this guy looks like he could be a really disruptive paul george type defensive force with the length uh and more strength than you would imagine in his kind of skinny body but history tells us he's a 0.9 per game blocks 0.8 per game steals like non-disruptive so maybe the warrior system and and just this situation will unlock that part of his defensive game but i'm very wait and see on that would this be the greatest
1: reclamation project in the steve kerr era if they turned this dude into I you were
0: going to say in history i was like whoa no, we, got, we got a lot of yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> i mean but if they
1: could turn him into a
0: plus defender now i would say it would be the most important one considering the money considering the fact of where they are trying to like uh you know re-jump the uh dynasty before it fades but you know javel mcgee is a pretty impressive uh, reclamation project i mean like, they saved his career. Now, has it benefited them in the last few years? No, he's the Lakers starting but center. He's a functional
1: but. player in the NBA because he came here.
0: Yeah. Um, any other good ones you can think of?
1: Yeah, no, it's usually the other way with the Warriors, right? Uh, they tried with Cousins a little bit. Yeah, that didn't work. Uh, Nick, Nick Young, Young didn't work, right? <laughs> it's just, it's tough bringing it. Omri Caspi didn't work. Jonas Jerebko didn't work. Like, they got a lot of those. You and I. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got a lot of those where it's like, oh, man, like, he, he's on the downside or he's struggling, but we can squeeze the last last bit of blood out of this up and they couldn't
0: do it. True, but, like, those were those were vets. This is different, This, is, this different. is a 24-year-old, like, former number and one those overall are pick.
1: vets who are, like,
0: on the tail end, right? Like, oh, David West
1: was one of them that worked, but. But th- those are different situations. Marquise Chris is more along the lines. Of yes, the Andrew that's Wiggies a good one.
0: Head. That's a good one. Yeah, it's like it, to me, it's Jabel Chris. This
1: is their market. This is what they should do now. They should go find these dudes who are high draft picks who are super talented. Josh Jackson. He gave them. Josh Jackson definitely comes to mind. Right. Dragon Bender. Just go get all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Basically, you're saying the studs don't know how to develop talent. Got it.
0: I know but, a name. <laughs> I know a name that I, I know somebody in the organization is intrigued by Mario Hazonia. Yep, Yep. There's. A, it, that's a good name. I I think that I think that's something they
1: could do. I mean, if you're Steve Kerr, you're thinking about what's the next feather in your cap? Man, I'm just gonna turn this thing into a I'm gonna turn this thing into a rehab center for NBA players.
0: Well, also title winning.
1: Um, okay. I mean, you gotta do something while you're paying the whole salary cap to three players. You gonna enjoy your All Star break? Uh, yeah, I will enjoy it. It's going be cold up in Chicago. It'll be freezing, yeah. I mean, look, I'm from Cali, man. I'll, t- I'll take a little snow for a couple of days when I can get it. It's
0: fun. It's an adventure. I'm like that? going to
1: Aspen, but with basketball.
0: The podcast will be stagnant during that time. I'm not going to Chicago. Tell me how the Rising Stars games go. Maybe we'll uh, make you do a Warriors All 82 uh, podcast from the Rising Stars Challenge. Yeah, nah. <laughs> All right. right. Talk to you out uh, next Thursday against Houston at home. It kind of starts a a good homestand out of the break.